This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good evening. You're with Lee Chui Lin and Shamila Ganesan. Tonight, how much is too much to pay for streaming services? So this comes as Netflix is reportedly planning to raise their prices after the actor's strike in Hollywood is resolved. So first, we'll be checking in with an industry insider to discuss what the fu- where the future of streaming is headed. But then we really want to hear from you. At what point would you drop your streaming subscription? And are you currently subscribed to more than one? That number to call is 7733-2900. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. So, uh, as you may know, the writer's strike in Hollywood has ended uh, for the time being. But the actor strike, the the SAG-AFTRA strike is still continuing, but hopefully will resolve at some point. And uh, what has come out from this is that Netflix has said, um, because of course the, the big battle has been fought on the front of the streaming giants, right? Netflix has said that they are Netflix is reportedly, sorry, that's more accurate, reportedly planning to raise the prices of non-ad streaming plans a few months after this strike is resolved. Now, this was uh, reported, I think, in the Wall Street Journal, and they have said that they're likely to first increase fees in the US and Canada and then proceed with markets globally. So a few things, right? I mean, the, the strikes themselves, of course, were driven by the fact that so many creatives within this industry, as it turns out, hadn't really been uh, been paid well at all. And so um, many are heralding these strikes as well as all these conversations now as a slow approach towards the bursting of the streaming bubble. Um, whether it is going to be continuously possible and sustainable to put out so much content at such a low cost and, and how to do that without raising prices because not only is... Currently, of course, this this um, supposed discussion is coming out of Netflix, but it won't be long before that has a knock-on effect on what people pay for other content as well. And that's not even accounting for the fact that people don't just subscribe to one service. So at what point does it all just become too expensive? Uh, that's right. I think the other thing is also that is their motivation for streaming services to actually keep quality up? Because this has been another thing, right? Um, the idea being that if we're now all um, reliant on them to some degree for to to get content in this age of just having entertainment at home, um, having killed off to a degree television, then what's next now that we're all locked into this ecosystem? It's in some ways what we're seeing with social media, that at the beginning it was all fun and games and free. And now instead um, there are subscription models, uh, there are more advertisements than ever. So, you know, that these are things to consider. Now, if we look at our market, According to Nielsen's data in 2020, Malaysia registered 14.1 million streaming subscribers and that's 78% of the viewing population who are aged 15 years and older. And there are a lot of reasons for this. Uh, Increasing numbers of broadband access and smartphones uh, in the country are part of why this is happening. But as you mentioned, Sharmila, there is now also this concern about what this means because if you have people who subscribed when things were low and price increases happen, um, I think, at least for me anecdotally, I know lots of people who have dropped a number of um, subscriptions that they used to have. 
So um, that it also, you know, just very recently, Netflix, of course, um, at, change the way you can share accounts, which means that a family would have to, or family or group of friends or whatever, would have to be living within the same house to be able to share an account, which also changed how much people are paying for their services. Um, you know, uh, So there are multiple reasons why people may not feel quite inclined to continue paying even more, um, especially like you said, if they're not really getting the bang for their buck. A lot of uh, people often talk about how, um, you know, I turn to my streaming service and, you know, there are thousands of things and I don't really want to watch any of them. Um, a lot of people talk about how the new content isn't really very good content. Um, so, yeah, I, I am curious about where all of this is headed, especially when it's starting to look like maybe there aren't that many other options either. And I, I just want to acknowledge that I recognize this sounds like a first world problem discussion. I, I, I hear that, that, you know, oh, subscriptions, how much are we paying? But the other part of it is also, and this is just how I view it, um, I think that with the stresses of being part of the rat race, it can sometimes feel like entertainment is a reprieve. But how much is that reprieve costing you, right? Are you basically, at some point, is leisure time in the form of entertainment and content going to be out of reach for some? Um, and, and how's that going to look? So let us know, at what point would you drop your streaming subscription in terms of price increases? Are you currently subscribed to more than one? Uh, call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we're going to be speaking with Fred Chong, who is the founder and CEO of Web TV Asia. Do keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 6.14 and this is Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And today we are talking about the potential or the planned raise of uh, prices for Netflix. Um, they have, or rather it's been reported, that they're planning to do so after the actor strike is resolved. And that's likely to keep happening, I think, the increase in price uh, when it comes to streaming subscriptions, which begs, uh, which raises the question, at what point would you drop um, your subscriptions to streaming services? Are you currently subscribed to more than one and do you feel like it's serving you well? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now over the line is Fred Chong, founder and CEO of Web TV Asia. Fred, thanks for taking the time. Hello everyone. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm not happy with the the potential increase, but yeah, we, we're just gonna live with it. Uh, okay, so that was gonna be my first question, right? Like, um, <laughs> what what do you think of the price hike, and how is it being justified? Is it warranted? I think um, as a Malaysian, right, the price hike hasn't reached our shore yet. It in some in some form. Um, but again, you know, we we are spoiled. We Malaysians are spoiled because. With that, you know, that fee that we're paying for, you know, the, the, the premium quality of streaming, right? We're, we're getting the best. We, we are not getting a, a lower grade content compared to our U.S. So we're getting exactly the same thing and we, we're not paying that much. So so to me, we, we're kind, kind of spoiled. And right now we're seeing an increase, you know, with the strike, with the justification of paying more to the actors and the writers. But it hasn't come to us yet. So we're still enjoying... Uh, you know the the, the 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 premium stuff that we're getting, 
at you know a third world price. So so you know I, I'm not feeling it yet. So actually, to add on to that, um, an article by The Guardian suggests that streaming services are adjusting their models to, and I'm quoting here, boost profitability after years of prioritizing user growth. Do you agree that that's what's happening? I think Netflix and, and all the other streaming platforms right, have been investing heavily on user growth, especially in US and Europe and, and all that. So they, I, I think they are justified that they are now increasing some prices in those countries where they have, you know, already invested. They have not saturated, but they have a big pool of subscriber base. It's justified for them to increase. But for Asia, especially Southeast Asia, right, they are not at even near, you know, saturation. So I think they are still you know, heavily investing in growth. That means, right, the strategy for growth, they probably won't increase the prices for, you know, at least the next year. So that, that's my, my take of it, because they, they don't have enough of subscribers in Southeast Asia to justify an increase. It would just kill them if they, if they hike up the price. So in your time working in this sector, how have you seen things change and adapt? What have been some of the significant moments uh, on a local or regional level? Um, from, you know, I'm wearing two hats here. I, I am a consumer, but I'm also someone in the industry. You know, if, if speaking from an industry point of view, right, the, the biggest, most, um, you know, memorable thing was a Malaysian company launching their streaming services. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you know the name um, that was, you know, trying to ride on the opportunity of, you know, streaming but sadly, you know, Netflix came too soon. So it went, you know, it went busted, you know, a few years later. So to me, that, that is the most significant um, moment, I think, in Southeast Asia for a Southeast Asian company wanting to, uh, you know, ride on the streaming um, trend. Of course, uh, over the years, there have been a few local players that try to do that. Uh, but, you know, it, did, it didn't work out for them. And now, you know, apart from the American ones, there are the Chinese ones that are now, uh, you know, trying to grow uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, and so forth. So to, to, to me, right, that, from a consumer point of view, that's good for everybody because, you know, we are paying as low as like five ringgit to access a streaming services. That's not even the price of a popcorn, you know, to go to a cinema. So again, you know, I'm, I'm going back as a consumer, right? We're quite spoiled with the choices. So we will enjoy this, um, you know, these these offerings. I think for the next one or two years, before we will eventually feel, you know, the the, the price hike. I think we're still, you know, enjoying our honeymoon. So let's talk about Malaysian consumers, right? Um, what are your observations of local consumers and how they approach paying for streaming, especially since we also have uh, this increase of people selling things like TV boxes. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the business model has kind of changed. The way Malaysian local people consume content has kind of changed. But the fundamentals are the same. Uh, for example, uh, the, I'm sure the BFM listeners, right, audience, right, would, uh, are those demographic that can afford going to the cinema and also paying for Astro subscription and Netflix subscription. So that is fine. Um, then there are people who, you know, 
do not have you know the, the the capability to subscribe they will always be there and then there will be the people that you know 10 years ago went to buy pirated dvds those are the people that now accessing tv box so the fundamentals are the same so that means right that you probably won't be able to convert the tv box users right uh, into you know uh, streaming subscribers they will find their ways to enjoy you know, those kind of access to content so it'll probably be the same so you know the, the people who can afford will are already there i think you know the next step is education i think uh, uh malaysians are you know in general like to are not you know do not receive those kind of um, education enough to talk about respect for content, how you know contributing to this will grow the you know entertainment and the film industry. Not enough of that yet, unfortunately. So, if we operate on the principle that we are to a degree spoiled, um, but we are also still a little while away from potentially having our prices raised, if and when the price hike does come to our shores, right? How do you see consumers responding? Do you, do you think that there is going to be a drop-off? I think for those who are already subscribing to streaming, right, it's probably too late for them to turn back because suddenly you, you, you have built a habit of the ease of accessing content through streaming. So that is like, that is like a power that, that you are now spoiled to have. So that means, right, it will be very hard to turn back and say that, hey, I'm not going to use this power because there's like 10 ringgit or 15 ringgit or 20 ringgit more. So those who are already subscribed to this service and enjoying the ease of this, right, I'm probably, I, I think they'll probably stick with that and, and just have to bite the bullet and, and keep paying. But for those that are, have not tasted this, right, they probably won't, won't pay for, for those premium. So, when people do pay more for entertainment, what do people want to see more of? How will consumer expectations shift? Um, it's, it's a good question. Uh, you know, if, if you ask me from an industry person, right, of course, I want consumer to demand for better local content. Um, I, I, we do not have enough subscribers for the international streaming companies to, to justify investing in more local content. So I wish, you know, if there are, they, there are more than more subscribers from Malaysia, for example, right, then, of course, streamers will invest more. But unfortunately, we, we haven't reached that number yet. So again, to answer your question, you know, I, I would love to have more local content that we can see uh, on the streaming platform. So that's an ideal, um, but what do you think is going to, especially if we start thinking about people having a limited amount of money they want to spend on entertainment in a month, let's say, um, what's going to inform the choices consumers make about services they subscribe to? Is it going to be, I don't know, more about blockbusters or familiar favourites or original content, or is it something else entirely? Um, you know, from an industry point of view, right, we, we're actually very surprised that um, a lot of local content now shifting to um, another, like a China platform that's actually doing very well. I'm talking about local Malay content that are now the prime content on. From you know, to me, it's. Uh, I think local content will dictate the future of um, how localization, 
or, or industry word is hyper local content, right? It will dictate how local consumers will choose the streaming. So yeah, I'm all for local content. Um, so actually, I have a follow-up to that. Uh, you talked about how the um, the previous local streamer, you know, eventually couldn't compete in the market anymore. Do you think that as we move towards more localization, uh, that could change? That there, in fact, could be an opportunity for a locally targeted streaming service uh, that prioritizes either local or regional content? Um, I don't know for like a Malaysian market right we are big enough to justify a local streaming it will be like a regional streaming if not you know netflix is a very international streaming but there is room for like a southeast asia or, or centric um streaming platform i think there's room for that but they probably won't have room for like a malaysian centric um, streaming service it's it just we don't have enough numbers to justify that you mentioned education earlier, and I mean, that was more to do with, well, doing things legally. But I think that there's uh, also something to discuss there about local content and making it more, uh, you know, a consumer's number one choice, for instance. What do you think it would take, whether it's from the industry side or in some other form, to get people more, for lack of a better word, hyped about local streaming content? You know, as a content creator, right, uh, of course you have your blockbusters that, that will drive the mass audience. But at the same time, when it comes to education, right, we, we, we need to educate our audience, right, in terms of, um, you know, that there are so many different type of stories that could come out from Malaysia, for example. You know, the, I, 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 I just read the news that, you know, Tiger Strikes is selected uh, to represent Malaysia in you know in the Oscars um, however it would they be enough appreciation locally to justify a film like Tiger Strike to, to go on cinema which I heard it's gonna go on cinema very soon but again you know are we ready to to appreciate content I think that is also one part of education that we have to talk about which I feel we may not be ready but we will be hopefully um you know with more industry support and more you know more more conversations being created like what you guys are doing now so when we talk about streaming, there are actually a number of different things that are coming together in this conversation, right? I mean, we started with the writers and the actors strike and uh, what what content is now going to cost to create. Uh, then we also talked about consumers increasingly feeling a pinch and increasingly fragmented landscape. How do you see streaming giants adapting their services in the future? Will it be more of the same? Uh, to give you more context, right, to be, give the audience more context, right, the strike in US, right, has no relevance to us because um, the, 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 the content industry, right, in Asia, right, do not enjoy those kind of perks like residues, like all these kind of bonuses. Uh, we, the writers, the, 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 the actors, the content creators here do not, do not get that in the first place anyway. So, you know, we, we, we don't feel anything uh, with the, the writers that they, I, I think, yes, they are fighting for the writers and the actors, good for them. Um, but again, you know, I think, I think that, that industry is, is very matured, but also very spoiled. So that's why 
uh, it's all about finding that balance. I hope that answers your question. Fred, is there a final thought you'd like to leave us with? Um, again, you know, enjoy it while you can. Uh, you know, I have three subscriptions on three different streamings. You should try it because uh, we should educate ourselves and open ourselves up to more content choices and variety of content, especially, especially offering by, you know, Malaysian content creators. So enjoy, enjoy watching while you can at the best price. Fred, thank you so much for joining us today. That was Fred Chong, founder and CEO of Web TV Asia, weighing in on streaming prices and services. Uh, let us know, with prices potentially going up, at what point would you just drop your streaming subscription? Um, are you currently subscribed to more than one? Have you been finding them Good. Uh, are, they, are they doing it for you? Uh, you can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note at 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. It is 6.39 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And today we are talking about streaming, streaming services. And this is coming as Netflix is reportedly planning to raise their prices, um, at least in the US and Canada first, before looking at the rest of the world. And this is reportedly going to be a few months after the actor strike resolves. And I think that just had me curious as somebody who, because of the nature of my job, um, but also my interests, has subscriptions going, whether there's a tipping point, whether at some point it's just going to cost too much and it's not worth it anymore. And so the question today is, how many streaming services do you subscribe to and why? Do you have preferences? Are some of them better than others? And at what point would you decide that you're going to have to drop them? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have uh, this from AW firstly with a question saying, is Astro considered a streaming service? And I think what I would say to this is that it's kind of, it's an interesting question because of course initially it started off a satellite and now they do actually offer a streaming component. But um, I think for the purposes of today's conversation, it's part and parcel because we're talking about subscriptions and how much you subscribe. Maybe I should stop saying streaming. Um, how much you subscribe, how much you're paying for at-home entertainment. And Astra is also interesting because obviously they've also now become like a basket for other streaming services, right? Um, whether HBO or Netflix or Disney, you can get it folded in with an Astro subscription. So um, yeah, I think essentially what you pay for content um, and, and how much you're willing to go before it all becomes too much is really the question. And, you know, you and I, Lynn, we do popcorn culture. So we are sort of beholden to having access to as many of these services as possible. I have wondered though, if I didn't do a show that relied on me being able to watch these things, whether I would still have all of them because, um, Sometimes it's a question of money. Sometimes it's actually a question of time because how many can you feasibly watch? And are you actually being cost effective if you watch something like one show on one streamer once every six months? Well, yes. Uh, and also, to be honest, I have very strong opinions on which ones I drop. Mm -hmm. I have Same. very straightforward opinions on, on which ones I would drop if I did not necessarily have to kind of 
subscribe for the sake of subscription. So I, I imagine that people have favourites as well. I, I would think so anyway. Uh, Shariza says, Netflix raising prices, testing their luck too much with the consumer. I barely watch now. It wouldn't take much for me to unsubscribe. Oh, so that's interesting. Um, and actually, the it won't take me much to unsubscribe. I've heard a number of people say that about different about different streaming services, to be honest. Um, and it all goes back to well, I'm not really getting anything from there anyway. So, I I think right that there is something to be said about the randomness of old television. Um, or, or at least for those of us who remember it, I think that there is actually a whole generation of people who have never yes. uh, experienced anything but entertainment on demand. But for people who remember growing up and having to actually channel surf, having to actually flip around, and channel surf is like four channels, and you know it's it's not exactly a wealth of choices. Um, I think that uh, similar to the argument for radio, there is something to be said about the randomness and the potential of suddenly running into something that you didn't expect to and also frankly a lack of choice um, you know might keep people going for longer than than expected terrestrial television is also free so you know there, there are these things that come into it with streaming though um, or with entertainment subscriptions so if I'm just going to throw it all in then it's not just streaming um, it, it can be Astro, yes. Uh, it can also be any number of the other service providers in the market. I think there the the conversation shifts a little bit to what we expect from them. So, you know what provides the randomness, uh, the seeming discoverability is actually online. Um, whether you are watching reels on TikTok or Instagram, whether you're on YouTube and getting served a constant um, algorithmically tailored content, um, that actually in a weird way scratches the remote clicking itch, you know, where you're just kind of watching things that you may not necessarily be super invested in, but you can keep going and going and going versus a streaming service where there's an element of choice. There's an element of I'm paying for this and yet there's nothing to watch, which is very different. So uh, again, our question today, in the face of Netflix reportedly planning to raise their prices, at least in the US and Canada, before stretching out their tendrils to the rest of the world, um, I would like to know how many... Um, Basically, it's kind of a it's a money question in some ways. How much do you pay for at-home entertainment? So I'm counting everything. Um, how many do you have going? Um, which ones do you like? At what point would you decide, okay, I'm spending too much and I need to drop something? Uh, that number to call is 7733-2900. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have actually a message, let's see, from Fazli, who says, um, it's not just about me, my mom. Uh, it's not just about me. My mom and dad share my account too. This is Netflix. Uh, so if the price increase is reasonable, 10 to 20 ringgit, it, then I can still swallow it. Which is something our guest Fred earlier talked about, right? Like if you're already a subscriber, um, as long as the price is not crazy, people are probably going to continue um, staying just because, well, I already have it and we use it sometimes. So I... So I have to say that uh, this is not personal. It's not about one streaming service in particular. Uh, but I disagreed with our guest earlier who said that people who have, um, you know, kind of gotten used to subscriptions will necessarily continue. Um, I can only speak for myself. That's not the case for me. I, I think um, if, if it goes too long and there's nothing good and... Uh, if there's nothing good or if it just feels as if it's getting very repetitive, which is the case with a number of them, 
that would be enough for me to to bounce. <laughs> so I think actually it's different. Um, and I'm saying this based on people I know who are sort of um, sharing it with an entire family. I wonder whether, because in Fatsli's case, he's talking about parents as well. Um, it's that well, it kind of hits the broadest possible point where we all have something to watch and therefore it's just easier to keep it than to think about migrating to a new platform and trying to see whether I want anything on there. So let us know. Uh, again, how much are you paying or you know, what are you subscribed to for at-home entertainment? So streaming, Astro, whatever it may be. Uh, which ones are you enjoying? And at what point would it cost so much that you decide, you know what, I need to scale back, I'm going to drop something. That number to call is 7733-2900. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. It's 651. And that was John Cougar Mellencamp with Lonely All Night. You are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And today we're talking about, I guess, how much we're willing to pay for at-home entertainment. Because Netflix has reportedly planning to raise their prices at some point, um, starting in US and Canada and then eventually rolling out everywhere else. So we wanted to know how... I guess, you know, when it comes to your at-home entertainment, what are you currently subscribed to? Um, what is serving you well? What isn't? And at what point would you make the decision to just drop them because it's too expensive and not good enough? Uh, you can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, we have a few... A few messages that have come in. Um, so Fadsley actually giving an example of a point at which at which a person drops out of something. Uh, Fadsley says, I used to subscribe to DAZN for boxing, but I dropped it when it jumped from 9 ringgit to 45. Yeah, and I think that's an example of perhaps quite a large jump, right? Um, I can imagine uh, even for a regular streamer that um, you know, it, it isn't sport specific, but that offers other things. Um, that's quite a big jump. Uh, actually, I am curious, uh, or rather, I think that this is related to um, our our currency. Um, because, I mean, clearly, this is also just people raising prices. You don't get from 9 ringgit to 45 <laughs> just on the basis of currency. But um, I was looking up DAZN because I'm not familiar and it is a boxing-specific thing. And um, they are, in fact, I think the full thing is like DAZN USA. And because of that, I think that there is a, um, there is a particular... Thing that happens when the subscription you work with is something that you pay in US dollars or in pounds or whatever it might be. We also have, let's see, um, NF saying, I subscribe to Netflix um, as well as Astro, which is bundled in with HBO Go and Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus, which comes with my iCloud subscription. But most of the time, it's my kids watching Bluey on Disney Plus. Hey, I, I really love um, that NF, you're bringing up children because actually earlier, Fadsley, you brought up your family. And I think that children in particular um, present such an interesting conundrum when it comes to what you cancel and what you don't. Because um, <laughs> if if Bluey, for example, is only available on one channel and if your children are absolutely obsessed with Bluey, and many are, then is YouTube enough or are you going to you know, have to stick to where you can get full, uninterrupted, episodes 
Well, I think that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at with the who's watching, right? The family watching. Because if um, that applies to particular shows or, or long-standing series as well, right? So, um, and I think that that can often shape what you keep because if that's the only place that you can get full access to a particular kind of content, then there's more likelihood that you might keep it, especially if it involves a, a grumpy child. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody is willing to put up with that, I think. Uh, okay, a couple of people talking about how it is that they they manage this. Aslan says, my wife decides which streaming service, uh, depending on her preference, she's into Korean series, so I have to, and I'm quoting Aslan here, endure her flavour of the day. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, that sounds like partnership to me. I think so. I mean, uh, but also this, I think, speaks to how people are now choosing and how you might not just maintain a blanket, uh, whatever's there, I will pay. Um, Because Zul also says, I have a solution for those who are on a tight budget. I subscribe to Netflix or Disney based on the shows I want to watch. So if there's something specific I want to watch on one, I subscribe then, unsubscribe the other for a month, vice versa. So I don't have to pay for more than one subscription at a time. Zul, you know, I used to do the subscribe when I need it, unsubscribe when I don't um, for quite a bit as well. Particularly when there were certain shows that dropped, I knew they were going to drop. So I would sort of reactivate for a month and then deactivate when I was done with them. Yes, but have you also forgotten to deactivate and then paid for a month you didn't intend to pay for? Because I do that. Yes, I've also accidentally subscribed for premium services, which I didn't want to. So keep reminders on your phone. Helpful. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's good advice. I think that because what we're talking about today is, like I said, on one level, it's entertainment is a is a necessary reprieve for some of us um, in an otherwise stressful life. And so the question then is, how much are you willing to pay for that before it becomes a stressor on its own? Um, but then the other part of it is also cost of living and and how if you're not careful or if you're not like really kind of on top of your finances. Charges like this can actually kind of sneak in and creep up. And I think that that is one of those things that you don't notice until you take stock. And also, I think on the other end of it, right, if um, if you already are counting um, your, your ringgit and, and trying to stretch it as much as you can, and if you only could pick one or two, then that choice also becomes a little difficult. Um, I've had friends, because I do the show, um, Popcorn Culture, ask, hey, you know, I really can only subscribe to one. Do you have a recommendation of which one would kind of stretch the furthest? And I think that's a reality for some people as well. So I I think um, perhaps I, I'd like to move the conversation slightly to also ask um, what determines what you subscribe to? Is it that, you know, uh, is it cost? Is it, as we heard earlier from Zul, specific shows that, that you're after? Um, this is something I think about a lot because for me, actually, newness doesn't have a lot of currency. I know that's a bit ironic, but um, with streaming services, what matters to me is your, um, your catalogue. I want to know that you have a deep, rich bench of things that I want to rewatch because I'm a rewatcher at heart. And so if it's not there, then those are the ones that I find easy to to. When the going gets tough, I'm like, ah, I don't think I want to keep you around. And this actually also depends, right? Whether you, uh, I, for instance, no longer have access to terrestrial TV. Um, I don't have, I mean, unless I go online and watch their live streams, I also don't have Astro anymore. So I rely entirely on streaming services for my entertainment, which does mean that even more I have to think about that. Like, not just what's new or, or the latest show, but 
if I just want something to watch on a lazy weekend, is there enough content? So let us know. Uh, it's a couple of things. Are you? What are you currently subscribed to? What's working for you? At what point would you drop it? But also, when you think about what to subscribe to, what's the kind of big determining factor? Is it the content? Is it the price? Is it something else? Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Banish fraudulent manoeuvres. BFM 89.9. It is 7.08 and this is Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And today we are talking about paying for entertainment, at-home entertainment specifically, and at what point it gets too expensive, uh, how do we make these choices. And this is coming because uh, you may have heard that Netflix is reportedly planning to raise their prices after the actor's strike is resolved. It will not affect us so soon. It's going to start in the US and Canada. But I think considering this is a conversation that began when they changed their membership structure a little bit earlier this year, that I think, you know, we just wanted to know, with at-home entertainment becoming in many ways a default for a lot of people, how do you choose which ones you actually want to pay for? Um, at what is the What are the determinants here? Is it good shows? Is it the newest and latest stuff? What is it? Uh, but also, at what point do you decide eh, you know what? I'm dropping you. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. And now to the messages. Hakim says, I'm currently paying more than 250 ringgit for everything that I need. Astro, HBO, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus and Netflix. I can bear a maximum of a 50 ringgit increase for all because these are shared with family members and all are fully utilised. But once they deem login sharing disallowed, I'll cancel whatever that does that first. Personally, I'll prioritise local content and sports first, cancel the others. Well, Hakim, that's a that's a pretty solid lineup that you have there. I think that that's that's almost every international thing that uh, that's available to us, and I think that fifty ringgit increase. It's interesting. I I I'm. I think it's very uh, telling and very, frankly, very Asian in a good way. The number of folks who are mentioning family in relation to mm-hmm. why the price increase or, or why the higher prices are bearable. Because ultimately, it's about sharing, right, with everybody who lives in the house or maybe people who don't. Um, but, you know, it, it's sharing with the people you care for and that's what makes it worth it. I think login sharing being disallowed is a, is, was a big touch point. It really was. And and I wonder whether moving forward, um, and, and I said this even when we did do the show about the password sharing, that perhaps there are other ways that you can determine who's, um, quote unquote, a family or might want to share accounts, right? Um, and, and yeah, just living in the same house might not be the only, the best way. We have, um, as I think you would expect, being the the longest standing player in the market, a number of people talking about Astro specifically. And and to be fair, it's kind of balanced. It's balanced itself out. Um, Husman is subscribed to Astro, but uh, thinking to drop it. CG says, I dropped it one year ago. Um, I consider Astro and Netflix very similar. A lot of the content doesn't belong to them necessarily, but Astro provides more service, uh, but then comments on the filtering or censoring of things. And I think that this is a, this is true, right? Um, Although, I mean, Disney does that too. I was going to say, I mean, Disney also does censor stuff, um, or rather, I suppose, make them 
family friendly, um, however you want to call it. Well, I would call it blur in a confusing way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because that, that's um, closest to what happens. Stitch together scenes in ways that don't make sense. Uh, but there are people who are staunchly with Astro for a variety of reasons. Anon says, I'm a former Astro employee. They have discounts uh, for us. So I keep the subscription for my mom and myself as in when I need to watch some shows or sports and also to support my ex-colleagues. Sweat emoji. Um, <laughs> Bing says, mother-in-law watches Astro Hwahi Die Die also must have Astro. That's the Hokkien channel. Well, being, you know, my mom uh, for this very reason has staunchly told us that uh, she wants to keep Astro as well because of the Tamil channel. So I think that makes sense. Uh, which actually goes back to what our guest earlier was saying about local content, because I think that local content can be understood in a few ways, right? Like you could understand it as locally produced and, and that's one thing. Uh, but the other way to look at it is localized content, which I believe was a word that uh, Fred also used earlier, which speaks to this, um, that you might have people who want to watch the Hokkien content, you might have people who want to watch the Malay content, uh, the Tamil content, and for that reason, it's worth it, um, because it's already filtered for you, right? You don't have to go on the streaming services and look for it. But like the China-based platforms that our guest referenced earlier, um, there are also now increasing um, OTP platforms that are from India, for instance, and you can directly subscribe to them. So I, I, I do wonder. It's a changing landscape and it's interesting. Okay, so you say that, right? But then my thing is, um, how there's a reason why the giants work. It's because they gather as many things as possible under one umbrella. So you, you yes, get it. Yes, absolutely. It, it might not be the best or the latest always, but it is the most. And so I think there's that bang for buck feeling that happens. And then these OTP things, um, these things that are yeah very specific to your interests, but then only filter through one thing, whether that feels worth it alongside a main subscription can sometimes be a little dicey. No, and, and, you know, there are lots of content that appear on like terrestrial TV or even um, on, on the multiple channels that we get in Astro. Things like uh, your live singing shows, your game shows that you often don't get on streaming services. And I do think that they have their own sets of followers as well, uh, which, you, which would keep them to those services. Okay, you know, um, I have a, we have a message from Ro which I'm going to read as I think, Ro, you intended. And then I'm going to pluck out <laughs> pluck out a sort of kernel <laughs> of, of wisdom in relation to our conversation. And I'm saying this because I think this is a joke. Ro says, I used to subscribe to the Sodhi Times, a bi-weekly newsletter which would highlight the best spots for the Idiapam and Sodhi combo. Sadly, after a while, the recommendations got worse and worse and drove me string-hopping mad and to cancel my <laughs> subscription. I'm waiting for the kernel of wisdom, Lynn. I mean, passion about Sodhi and Idiapam aside. Which is relevant. Always yes. relevant. Um, string hopping mad is, uh, I think, a great pun. <laughs> I enjoyed mm -hmm. that a lot. But I think that um, the deterioration of content, this the kernel. <laughs> <laughs> I think the deterioration of content is an interesting thing. Um, because for me, that is actually um, a big thing when it comes to the original stuff that gets put out. Because I think if you look at your... I'll just throw out a few. Uh, if you look at your Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, HBO, if you're going HBO alone and not as part of a larger package, um, Apple TV, I think, and this is reflected in our popcorn culture uh, reviews, their original content varies in quality very greatly. So I would also 
buy into the So The Times approach. And at some point, when the original content starts to get worse, and it appears as if that's going to be their priority, I start thinking twice. So I realized that I haven't had to think about it, right? But if I did, um, it is very clear to me which ones I would drop. And it's primarily the ones where I don't feel that they have anything new to offer that's good. Um, coupled with the fact that they also don't have anything that is a bank or a library that I'm interested to be hooked onto. Yeah, but that library changes too. Which is the annoying thing. Um, it's annoying when you join someone because of, when you subscribe to someone because a particular director's entire film filmography is there. And then by the end of that year, oh, guess what? They're moving. So uh, let us know when it comes to at-home entertainment, are you paying a lot at the moment? Uh, what subscriptions are working for you, what isn't, at what point would you decide to part ways with that subscription? Uh, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can leave us a WhatsApp there also and tweet us at BFM Radio. It is 7.18 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Charmila and we're closing off our discussion today on the cost of at-home entertainment um, and asking you, essentially, how, how much do you pay? Um, for entertainment at home. Uh, which of those subscriptions are you enjoying? Which one's not so much? And at what point would you decide to just drop it? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. That number to send a voice note to is 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have... Um, okay, I I'd like to start with this one from Sabrina, who's, I think, bravado, essentially, none of us can match, or at least neither Sharmila nor I can match it. Um, because Sabrina says, when my password kept on being hacked by someone in Turkey and then in Korea, I decided enough was enough. I cancelled Netflix in 2021 and I don't miss it. I don't even have a TV. Go ahead. It won't affect me at all. Yeah, that is, yeah, I couldn't, I, I couldn't reach those levels of, yeah, bravado is the word. It's like, <laughs> Go ahead, test me. Yeah, it's it's the go ahead, make my day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's Clint Eastwood wrapped up in all of it. Um, Except Sabrina won't be watching Clint Eastwood. Well, well this is the thing, Sabrina. <laughs> I, I'm curious to know when you say you don't have a TV, um, whether that means that you're spending your time doing other things, um, you know, whether it's just kind of engaged in stuff that you can get elsewhere or whether it's because you're reading or listening to podcasts. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, are you not watching things? Because I, I think a lot of people um, may actually have moved to watching on their phone. Uh, but then that still leaves you beholden to, well, the, the the streaming subscriptions. So a couple of people talking about how they basically have one service, they're fine with it. So Mubin says, I only have Disney Plus for my Star Wars content. For anything else, I pirate. Um, well, but okay. we'll, put, we'll put a pin in that right. maybe. Um, Munif says, Netflix is enough for me. Me and my wife enjoy its anime library for Disney Plus, HBO, Amazon. I just watch it for free alongside YouTuber reactions and reviews fascinating. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I think that that speaks to, firstly, to Munif, uh, your point, the library is a real thing, isn't it? I, I think that there is something to be said for that. Um, I like, for example, Amazon Prime's um, like I said, I subscribe to all of them, so this is not a this is not me vouching for it. But um, I enjoy Amazon Prime's old movie selection. Um, I also really like the fact that they have art house movies that actually a lot of the other ones do not. But mm -hmm. then, um, to undermine what I just said, uh, also, I, I don't let go of Prime because they have The Office. 
Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, so there's yeah. something to be said about the the bank, right, that exists. Mubin, let's return to your honesty. <laughs> um, so for anything else I pirate, I'm wondering whether you are in the majority. You know, I um I would <laughs> okay, bet Sharmila. money I would bet money that he's not in the minority at the very least. I know it's become tighter, um, but I feel like it, this is a, a, a very common option for many people. I'm not asking this question, but I'm not not asking this question. Um, are you not? Are you also just not paying for subscriptions at all? Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear from folks who pirate everything, actually. Um, again, not condoning, uh, but just acknowledging that this has been a part of Malaysian entertainment behaviour for the longest time, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Rowan also says I'm currently subscribed to Netflix only sharing with my family I understand that Netflix needs to cari makan so my limit is 25 ringgit per sharing member that makes sense when you only have one subscription uh, yes. I, I think when you have multiple that's when the math uh, begins to require a little bit more work but I, I get it. If you only have one subscription, then this is definitely something that you can stomach, especially if it's working for you. Madi, though, says, I've cancelled my main TV entertainment and news provider because of their price mechanism on packages some years ago. Instead, I signed up for streaming for entertainment and then I have more time with BFM. We are free. <laughs> we are free, yes. <laughs> in every which way. Let me let me just plug it because we're so free. Um, we're free on our website. We're free on Spotify. We are free on, on our, our app. app. Yeah. These are all the places where you, like Madi, can enjoy BFM for free. Um, I I think this is... Um, so news provider is also interesting to me because one of the reasons, um, one of the things most people will say, oh, you know where, you know why I keep to the traditional channels? I want news. But then increasingly, you can get that online. Uh, yes, but then I think it depends on your willingness or desire to look online. Because I mm -hmm. think that, again, I go back to not everybody likes entertainment on demand. Um, a lot of us grew up with, and, and when I say a lot of us, I, I do mean people much significantly older than me, who I don't think really enjoy that much having to search out their own entertainment, search out their own news. Actually, and it's sometimes also as simple as my computer is in a different room and that's not where I watch my TV. And I don't want to go and sit down in front of a laptop to have to watch the evening news. That's what I mean. And, and mm. I think that things like that do keep traditional news channels and news providers going because, um, well, I'm just clearly speaking from quite a personal point of view, but in my family, um, the news and sports channels are one of the primary reasons why we still have one particular service. Uh, same news and uh, the Tamil entertainment. Mm. Uh, Anon says Unify TV has a great bundle of streaming apps that saved me a lot of money. Have heard this before. I have as well. Have not availed myself, however. So uh, keep those thoughts coming. You know, when it comes to at-home entertainment... How much are you willing to pay and why? Um, which ones have been serving you well? At what point would you decide that enough is enough, especially when it comes to price increases? Uh, you can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.